0: Welcome to another edition of Practical Reliability Insights on the Practical Implementation of Holistic Reliability, brought to you by Reliability X, the DNA of Success.
1: All right, welcome to Practical Reliability, where today our uh, series on planning and scheduling kicks off with, uh, with our introduction to planning. Um, my name is George Williams, uh, and with me is Joe Anderson. Welcome, Joe. How are you doing? I'm um, all right, brother. Right. All right, so uh, talk to me a little bit about planning and scheduling. Uh, what the heck is that, anyway? <laughs> what is planning? Uh,
0: in a nutshell, I'd say planning is the how and the what, uh, as well as uh, the time estimate it takes to do a job of any job uh, that's planned. So um, figuring out to do the job which would require your job planning uh, as well as what needs to be done as far as tasks uh, and uh, what needs to be included in the kids things like parts and specialized tools permits those types of things um, as well as uh, time estimates for the time it takes to do the job So you got it, huh no, keep going.
1: So, sure. so planning, uh, planning is just putting some stuff together. Pretty much. And
0: why would we want to plan? We want to plan uh, for efficiency gains. Resource efficiency is a big key. In making sure that our guys, are getting the most work out of them as possible. Um, and to make their life easy.
1: So isn't, isn't the, I mean, doesn't planning already happen? So you're at the plan level and, and you're, you all right, you say we were going to plan, but all jobs happen and when they happen, somebody had to go get the parts and somebody had to do the work and somebody had to call up a customer or, you, you know, isn't planning already happening? What, what do we need planning for? Uh, if you want to define
0: planning in that aspect, then yes, but I wouldn't agree with that. Uh, waiting for things to break so that you can react to them uh, you didn't plan on it breaking so uh, the goal is that you're identifying defects early on with work orders so that uh, you have a job to plan ahead of time so that you can change the part out before it reaches either a functional failure or
1: a catastrophic failure so if 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 i come in in a more you know yesterday i was walking a plant and uh, i see a, a crack in a frame someplace and i write a work order and the next day when work's getting ready to start and I'm thinking about what we got to do that day and I'm the supervisor and I just say, Hey, Joe, uh, there's a crack over there. Go take care of it. Did I plan that job? No. I thought about it all night. I know. You just told me to go do it. I was fixing to do it. Yeah. So
0: you can fix and schedule if you want. Uh, but there's no planning involved there.
1: Okay. So what's the difference? What's the, what would I have done different?
0: Uh, differently I would have uh, sent my planner out to scope the job uh, to come up with what it is that we need to be effective in order for me to to efficiently do the job as a mechanic. Uh, What are those things that I need to do? I need a welder to fill in the crack. Do I need a hot work permit. Um, All the things that it takes that uh, maintenance guys waste their time looking for. Uh, whether it's parts or understanding how to do something or, or why I need to do something um, And trying to package that together so that when it's handed to the maintenance guy He can effectively and
1: efficiently knock the job out. So when I think about planning, I, I usually I usually um, in, in the classes I teach this is one of the classes that I teach uh, I, I describe it at, at the bare bones of it all, the planner's role is to make the technician's job easy. Right. right so the technician does an awful lot of bouncing around today. They, they make trips to the storeroom four times, you know. Mm-hmm. So that the technician usually ha- gets handed a work order and then they go transport to where the, the location of the job is and depending on your site it could be a, a dramatic ride or maybe you have multiple sites and you're driving around on the street. Um, they show up at the job, they assess what they have to do, then they drive back to the storeroom or go back to their truck and see if they have everything they need. They start gathering all the stuff they need. They go back out to the job site, they kind of put everything down to get ready to work, and then it's time to go to break, so they got to get ready, get ready, get ready, go to break. Yeah. And then they head out to break, um, sit down, have a break, uh, and then Get all back up and, and go to the job, and then you know by time lunchtime rolls around, they're really getting into the job. And then well, they, they, they forgot ready, their crescent wrench, so now they got to go get their channel locks and their crescent wrench. Yeah, and I think the, the planner's role is really to minimize all of that transitional um, transportation back and forth, all the wasted time that takes place yes. in preparing the job and and the back and forth motion that tends to take place uh, between the storeroom and the job site. Uh, you know I really see that the planner's role from my perspective is just make the technician's job easy
0: agree that and um, in the end it's it's efficiency as well so you want to get the most
1: work you can done in that day So it drives into some of the why's right so why why plan work why would we plan work orders Yes and that would be your why
0: is uh, the efficiency gains and also, uh, like you said, to make life easy on these technicians. Maintenance isn't difficult. and We don't have to make it difficult. And so the easier the life you give your guys, the more prepared they are, uh, the happier they are. And it's a raise of morale. And things that people don't think about is, is we as maintenance technicians, most of us, we go home either disappointed or satisfied with the job that we did that day. And when we're disappointed, that translates over to the family. And so um, when you look at the family life as well and the, the effects that it has
1: um, due to the reactive nature of work, it's not good. I know when I was a technician, I always felt better when I when I was able to put in a good day's work and, right. and feel like I got something done. Yep. The days that were frustrating for me were the days where you didn't know what was going on, you stripped something apart, you didn't have the parts, you went to the storeroom, you had to try to rig some stuff together, went back and then you're breaking your knuckles and heating things up and you know, and hammering six things week in lead place time and to trying to get the right stuff. Yeah, trying to just just yeah. frustrate it with trying to get the the, the operation back in place, right? Yes. And, and and planning is really about what can we do in scenarios to, to ensure we have what we need uh, at the appropriate time. And uh, there's a lot of factors involved in that in terms of knowing failures. And we can talk about those in, a, in another session. But uh, you know, the value in planning, as you indicate, is really about getting the job done right the first time for the jobs that you can, right? I mean, planning is not, uh, not something that's done on the emergency work order. It's something that's done on a normal work order. Yeah. Um, and so emergencies are handled by themselves. This is about the things that you know need to be different at the plant, and you write work orders for them, and then you have an opportunity to plan those, those jobs. I think there's a lot of value there. Uh, what, type, what type of value have you seen in, in planning and scheduling?
0: Uh, I'd say the biggest for me is it's uh, not only a raise of morale, but it's the ability to free up uh, my mechanics and reorganize or reuse these headcounts somewhere else to do other things. Uh, For example, um, creating uh, what I like to call reliability technicians where um, they go out using PDM technologies to identify any defects that we have out in the system and getting more work orders in the system, creating a bigger backlog. Um, Having that ability to do that because we're so efficient at the work we do um, that we don't need the added headcount to cover the floor. So we're finding additional resources.
1: Yeah, I think that's a, a, you know, there's folks go down a reliability journey and they they usually have a couple of options. You know, they either have the funding and support and they get headcount and they can kind of hire a reliability person or reliability technicians and really start to build the foundation of of a good asset management program. Um, Or they don't and uh, and when what happens when they don't is that tends to that tends to uh, be a stumbling block and a complete roadblock and and you're looking at this mountain of how are we going to get there and we don't have the resources and i think planning is where you can find free resources right it's where you gain efficiency to a point where your backlog has decreased enough in an area where you can convert a headcount into a reliability technician and then that then translates to more efficiency that then becomes a reliability engineer or a scheduler or yeah. and that's really how you build and convert your maintenance organization from a reactive organization as a whole into, uh, at least in the beginning, a small cluster that can work on, on proactivity. Mm-hmm. And then that starts to permeate out and you become more efficient. Um, and you get the headcount that you need right if you needed a maintenance engineer but never could to have one you can do some conversions so <laughs> what if you walk into a facility and they have no planner how would you
0: go about doing that
1: so that's a, a, a for me that's a question of scale right so if if you know what do you think the average maintenance organization size is it doesn't really matter say it's Ten guys. All right, so if we have ten people and we're looking to get into planning and scheduling, you know, a a lot of ratios talk about this 15 to 1 or 30, you know, uh, 20 to 1 planner to technician ratio, and I'm I'm a fan of a, a much smaller ratio. So justifying it really is a matter of mathematics. And it's a matter of your wrench time. The whole goal around planning and scheduling is to increase wrench time to somewhere between fifty and sixty percent. Mm-hmm. And industry average is somewhere between twenty and twenty-five percent. Uh, so you can gain some significant efficiency through planning and scheduling. But if we just do some basic math, if we assume, if we assume there are three technicians in your organization, just three, mm-hmm. and those three technicians get thirty percent. Wrench time. Mm-hmm. You're getting 30% out of them. The three technicians add up to a total of 90% wrench time. Right. True. So you're getting almost one full-time employee out of them in terms of full wrench time. Yes. If I take one of those technicians out and I make them a planner, and I'm able to increase my wrench time to 50%, not even 60%. We just get it to 50%. If we get it to 50%, those two technicians get done 100. Right. Or one full time employee, or 10% more work yeah. than they did when they were three technicians. And so, you know, I'm not suggesting a two to one ratio, but the math is easily justifiable if you can figure out what your current wrench time is and can get an incremental improvement. So, if, if you have a, a crew of 20 people, you only need to gain about a 15% efficiency gain to justify a planner. Right. And that's not much to do.
0: So if I have 10 guys and I make one a planner then I can't really do that math but
1: I would get a lot more uh, work done. So what I've seen thinking. what I've seen in the past is so in personal experience we were able to gain 57% of uh, efficiency gain of 57% we were able to go from 30 35 to uh, a little over 50. So um, so we were able to gain over 50 almost 60. So so we were able to gain that that 50% increment in a crew of 200. So that crew of 200 was getting done the same amount of work of, as 307 people. Nice. So, and it was, uh, for, and this was at multiple sites at that instance, but that was, uh, four five, six, seven, nine planners total. So out of a crew of 200, nine became planners, which puts me in that 15 to 20 ratio. Right. Um, and then, uh, we were able to do, get work done of three hundred seven people. So,
0: what about misconceptions of a planner? I hear that they can plan for like
1: twenty minutes a day and then go turn some wrenches. Yeah, well, I think there's a lot of those, and I think that you know, if you're a, if you're the plant manager, you're always conscious of headcount. You're fearful of adding headcount, and I think some of the misconceptions are that a planner can be at a greater ratio than at fifteen to one ratio. You know, I'm a big fan of staying between at 15 and 20. And beyond that, you become ineffective. And if if some of the work is planned, you're not really gaining the efficiency unless it's in a pilot area where you're doing all the planning for those technicians, but then nothing someplace else. Mm -hmm. If you're only planning a couple of the work orders, you're not really gaining the efficiency. And the planning part, from my perspective, on the planning side of it, is all about having all the materials ready. So if... If, if you're trying to have a planner ratio of 40 to 1, you will fail, and it will never gain you any efficiencies, and so you've added a headcount and wasted it. So, so 60 to 1 wouldn't work either. No, 60 to one's probably <laughs> not. A, <laughs> I know you, you've been in a scenario like that. So, <laughs> so that, you know, that's just not going to cut it, and, and it's going to make it look like we don't need planning because it's not effective you're better off having in that 60 to 1 ratio, you know, your 60 to 1 scenario, you're better off with four planners and getting some work done because ultimately you'll be able to reduce, you're converting that headcount to planners. You're not reducing the headcount on site. I think the other misconception for me is that the job plan estimate is the most important role of the planner. And I think that's a huge misconception. I, I don't care what book you're reading. A lot of things I've seen have dealt with looking at job plan estimates and accuracy of the estimate, and I'm a firm believer that the percentage of materials planned versus actual is how you measure a planner. Right. If you're getting all the parts they need ready and boxed and staged, and they're not making trips back and forth, that's where you gain the efficiency. Right, and hitting a number always drives behavior. Yeah, and so you have to be
0: really careful. I handle it. The other thing is, I would. Rather look at the accuracy of the job plan itself than a percentage. Yeah, <laughs> right. yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. I don't want to uh, send a guy out with a job plan
1: that is going to wreck the system just because I wanted to hit a percentage. So. Yeah, and I think the other misconception is that planning is planning and scheduling. A lot of times, right. the the. the 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 approach falls on its face because they miss the scheduling piece and we'll have a much more detailed conversation around scheduling but i just think it's important to to bring up as a misconception
0: yeah well the planner and the scheduler with the one to 40 ratio
1: is the same guy right (laughs) (laughs) not at one to 40 it's not no (laughs) as a matter of fact at one to 15 i think it the scheduling role is a separate role yeah. um uh, now scheduling may be a partial role but we'll we'll talk about that again at another time and anyway so um I think we're we're pretty close to out of time for the introduction to planning um, so we're gonna talk uh, in, in in another I guess week or so we'll we'll sit down and go over planning uh, uh, session number two uh, and talk about some additional topics what, what are your thoughts in closing about overview of planning I think
0: again it's important
1: that uh you understand the how and the what,
0: and also you have your right ratios, uh, mechanics to planners, and seeing the value uh, that it brings to the table.
1: Uh, yeah, and I would just say, look, you know, pilot small if, you're, if your ratio is bad, make it a pilot where the ratio becomes right. Um, Otherwise, it's going to fail, and and it's going to be difficult to make any efficiency out of it. You'll just be planning a couple work orders for the sake of planning it and and calling it planning and scheduling. All right, so um, thanks for listening in. Uh, Again, I'm George Williams. I'm Joe Anderson.
0: For questions on this or any other topics, email us at ask at reliabilityx.com this has been another episode of practical reliability brought to you by reliability x the dna of success